Welcome to People's Church as we kick off our series, Through It All, Through It All, Worshiping Your Way to Victory. Did you realize there's power in your worship? Come on, I like the 12 o'clock service. Don't you get flat on me. Come on, 12 o'clock, you're caffeinated up. How many of there's power in your worship? All right. We're going to talk about that over the next several weeks. Somebody's going to get victory through this series. Every year, I love to take my, my boys to a football game. We, we usually go once a year. And in September of this year, I took my boys last month to see the Oklahoma Sooners play. And we got there and we got, our, we got all of our nachos and our drinks. And, and then we, we got to our seats. And, and I sat down at my seat with my boys. And about 30 seconds after sitting down in my seat, a lady, a couple of rows down, a couple of seats down from me, she, she leaned over and she hit me and she said, I'm sorry for cussing. And I looked at her and I was like, lady, I've just been here 30 seconds. I didn't hear you cuss. She goes, no, no, I haven't cussed yet. I'm just preparing you. I'm going to be cussing. And I was like, ah, ah, you one of them kind of fans. I see, I got you. You kind of prepared me in advance for what you're getting ready to do. Okay. And then behind me was an elderly couple. They sat right behind me and my boys. And, and the, 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 the lady was hitting her husband. She hit him about three or four times during the game. She hit him. She said, stop cussing. You see the kids. And then later on, they get, stop cussing. You see the kids. And then at the game, I meet people are screaming and yelling and cussing and fussing. And, and this past Monday night, church, I was in Glory. Not really. But I went Monday night to the Dallas Cowboys football game against the Eagles and the AT&T. How about some Cowboys? And we don't get to, we don't get to clap like this often, y'all. So let's take it while we can. We got a winning record. And I went there to the game. And no joke, I was sitting in my seat. And I thought, okay, man, I, I like the seats. We got some good seats. And, and me, me and one of, my, one of my bros went to the game. And, and, and as I was sitting there, a lady right behind me, oh, my goodness, she had three octaves of screaming. It was, it was like I never saw this before. I'm sitting, and the, the cowboys would do something. She'd go, ah, ah, ah. I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. They'd do something. Ah, ah, ah. I was like, man, could, I was like, could you stop? It don't take all of that. I like the Cowboys too, but you don't have to have three octaves. I mean, it's amazing. And then there was one brother. He got up in the stands. He was going, I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I mean we got it all. We got the Cowboys game. You got some radical fans, people dressed up, dancing, screaming at football games, college and NFL. You have some lift their hands doing the kickoff. Oh, I mean, I mean, you, you have all kinds of stuff happening. People are radical for their teams. And people are not just radical about football, but people can be radical about sports. And some people are radical about cars. Oh, I love classic cars or I love sports. 
sports cars. There are some people radical about fashion and clothes or, or makeup. There are some people radical about food and they just love food. Have you eaten here? Have you eaten? They get all excited about food. We call them foodies. They just love food. There are some people radical about their bodies and, and they're just all in to their body and fitness and taking care of their bodies. And what I want us to understand is that one of the reasons humanity is passionate about so many things is because we are created to worship. Worship is not merely an aspect of our being, but the essence of our being. We were created for something or someone to be the object of our affection and our attention, and that someone is supposed to be God. But it's so easy, church, to allow something or someone to take the place of worshiping God. And God knew he created us to worship. And if we're, he knew if we weren't careful that we would start worshiping other things besides God. And that's why God's word says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 25, he says they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised amen god is supposed to be the one who's forever praised and worshiped but these people were worshiping and serving created things and church even today you and i have to guard our hearts that we don't end up worshiping created things instead of the creator this is such a big deal to God. He just talks about this over and over. He warns us over and over. Don't worship idols. Don't worship created things. Be careful. Don't let other things get your affection and your attention. I created you to worship, but make sure that you worship God just over and over again. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 7. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. In other words, don't worship created things. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14. Therefore, my dear friends, flee, run from idolatry. Flee worshiping created things, money and people and stuff and celebrities. Run from worshiping created things and instead worship the creator. First John chapter 5 and verse 21. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. In people's church, if there be a word I would say at the beginning of this series, is to keep yourselves from idols. And there are three types of idolatry, three types of idolatry that you and I need to keep ourselves from. And the first is pagan idolatry. Pagan idolatry is characterized by practices that are spiritual in nature but don't involve God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit. And as Christ followers, we don't worship Buddha, we don't worship Allah, we don't worship Ouija boards, or anything else that is spiritual but doesn't involve God. That's pagan idolatry. And then there's secular idolatry. And this can be harder to spot because it's generally free of religious language or typical spiritual practices. And yet, this is the most common form of idolatry in our modern Western world. It's secular idolatry. You see, the gods of our culture include sex, money, power, physical appearance, family, romance, fame, leisure, Sports, celebrities, success, food, 
comfort, image. And a lot of people give all of their heart, all of their attention, all of their time to attain these things or to keep these things. And, and they are literally worshiping created things. It's secular idolatry. So you've got pagan idolatry. You've got secular idolatry. Then you have, you have religious idolatry. And this is where people go through the motions of religious practices without engaging their heart. Did you realize that you can come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and still be practicing religious idolatry? When you're just going through the spiritual motions, but you're not worshiping God with your heart, that is, that is a possibility. That happens to people. They come to church and, and they, 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 they appear to be worshiping God. They'll even lift a hand or, or sing a song, but their heart is not engaged in worshiping God. Worship begins with the inward. It begins with the heart. Yes, it'll manifest with a lifted hand or a shout or a praise, but it begins with the heart. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 15, verse number 8. He says, though these people honor me with their lips, the the outward, that they look spiritual, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And these Pharisees, these religious leaders of the day were worshiping, but they were just going through the motions. Worship was a routine. They, they were worshiping to impress people. Their worship was a ritual. It was not from the heart. And church, we've got to be careful that our worship is coming from the heart. We worship in spirit and in truth, and it comes from the heart. And sometimes when we're worshiping God from the heart, can I let you know something? When you worship God from the heart, it'll manifest by saying, God, I give you all, and it will show up in a shout or a lifted hand or a dance of the feet, but it all begins with the heart. I'm a good teacher today, or you're good, or you are you're good students. I want you to see this worship comes from the heart. Matter of fact, we're going to look at Psalms 103 today. Just turn your Bibles to Psalm 103 and just keep your Bible there. I'm going to unpack this Psalm for you, but it comes from the heart. Psalm 103, beginning in verse number one, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name, my soul, my inmost being, my mind, my will, my emotions. I love how the English Standard Version reads in verse 1 here. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. I love what the Message Bible says. It says it like this, O my soul, bless God from head to toe. I bless his holy name. The New Living Translation says this, let all that I am. Praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. God wants us to worship him with our whole heart. God wants us to worship him from head to toe with all that is within us. And sometimes it can look like a football game. Glory to God. He's been good to me. I worship him with everything that's within me, on the inside of me. I bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me will bless the name of the Lord. You say, well, Pastor, why would we do that? 
Why would we bless the Lord with our whole heart, with all that's within us from head to toe? Well, Psalm 103 goes on to give us key reasons of why we should worship God with our whole heart. So he says, I want you to worship God with your whole heart, with all that's within you from head to to toe. Verse 2, he goes on to say, forget not all, his, all of his benefits. Here's why you need to worship God. And what I want to do today is I want to give you 11 reasons you should worship and praise God with your whole heart. So get ready. Get those pens ready. Get them notes ready. And let's take some notes because we're going to learn why we worship God with our whole heart. Number one is this. You should worship and praise God because he forgives all your sins. Psalm 103, verse number three. It says, who forgives all. Come on, everybody shout all. Come on, all of you joining me online, just write the word all. Come on, give me five people to write all, all, all. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. I'm so thankful that all my sins are forgiven. The psalmist goes on to say in Psalms 103 and verse number 11, he says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Oh, church, my past, my present, my future sins are all forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is alone enough for me to give God some praise with all of my heart because all my sins are forgiven. And I've done some jacked up, messed up, crazy, shameful stuff. And I thank God that he forgives me of all of my sins. And whenever you've been forgiven much, You'll worship much. Luke chapter 7, verse 47, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. And the disciples were complaining because this woman was worshiping extravagantly. She took this expensive bottle of perfume, poured it on his feet, kneeling at his feet, worshiping with her hair. She was being extravagant in her worship. And they were saying, it don't take all of that. Why are you worshiping Jesus like that? And Jesus said, oh, yes, yes, yes. What you have to understand is she's worshiping extravagantly because whoever has been forgiven much loves much. Whoever has been forgiven much worships much. Is there anybody else besides your pastor that God has forgiven you of much. Is there anybody else that said God has covered me of some messed up stuff? Come on, let's take five seconds and give God some praise for forgiving us of all, all, all my sin is covered by the blood. And so I worship God with all that is within me. My goodness, we're just on point number one. Number two, number two. You should worship and praise God because he heals you. It goes on to say, Psalms 103, verse 3, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. You see, we worship God because he is our healer. He is the great physician. Have you ever had a cold or a fever, a runny nose? Maybe you had COVID. Maybe you broke an arm or a leg or a toe or a finger. Have you ever had a 
headache or a migraine or a heart problem or a lung problem and your body today is healed let me let you know whatever the element was it was God that healed you you should praise God for every healing you've ever received but I don't just praise God for healing me now I praise God that one day I'm going to receive my ultimate healing in heaven I'm going to receive my heavenly body where there'll be no more sickness there'll be no more death there'll be no more come on this body is going to be whole and new will never get sick again and I praise God that he's my healer now and in eternity number three is this you should worship and praise God because he rescues you Psalm 103 verse 4 goes on to say who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion is there anybody today that can testify that God pulled you out of a pit. Did he, he pulled somebody out the pit of addiction, out the pit of abuse, out the pit of pain, out the pit of low self-esteem, out the pit of poverty, out the pit of bad choices, out the pit of loneliness, out the pit of confusion, out the pit of drunkenness, out the pit of sexual sin, out the pit of depression, out the pit of anger. God pulled you out. God reached down from that, that boy from Ewoka, Oklahoma. I was in so many and God has pulled me out the pit time and time again and set my feet on solid ground and I gotta give God praise I gotta worship him from head to toe I've gotta worship him with all that's within me because God pulled me out the pit let me give you a fourth reason we worship God with all that's within us number four you should worship and praise God because he gives you good things he goes on to say in Psalms 103, that next verse, verse 5, who satisfies your desires with good things. God is a good, good father who gives good gifts. Every good thing in your life comes from God. James chapter 1 and verse 17 says every, every, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father's father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows church every good and perfect gift that's in your life has come from God above listen a lot of people deceive themselves and church I want to let you know do not deceive yourself into thinking that all the good things in your life just come from your hard work all the good things just come from your brilliant mind from your ingenuity from your education from your connections no 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 every good gift that you have in your life comes from God God is the one that gave you your mind God is the one that gave you your ability God is your God is the one that gave you your brain God is the one that gave you your personality God is the one that gave you your money and the ability to make money. God is the one that gave you your connections and your friendships and your family. And every day, you ought to just take time to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. I bless you for every good and perfect gift. Oh, I don't know about you, but God's been better to me than I deserve. Lord, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for my church family. I thank you for my small group. I thank you for my friends. I thank you for Tiffany. I thank you for my four kids. I thank you that I get to preach the gospel. I thank you I got shoes to wear and socks on my feet and the jeans I can wear. I thank you for my coat. I thank you for food on my table. I thank you for a car to drive. I think I can put gas in my car. Oh God. 
Every good, every good gift comes from God. And because of that, every Sunday, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, my God is worthy of all of my praise. Number five is this. You should worship and praise God because he renews your strength. Notice what it says in verse 5. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Have you ever been worn out? Have you ever been exhausted? Have you ever thought, I don't know how I'm going to make it another day? Have you ever been stressed out and just anxious? Have you ever been burned out and you don't know how you're going to put one foot in front of the other but somehow you look back and you regained your strength and I just come here to remind you it wasn't Gatorade that gave you your strength back it was God that gave you your strength back that's what God does he renews your strength like the eagles and you ought to praise God that when you were tired and exhausted you thought a nap did the trick you thought some food did the trick and I'm here to tell you it was God that renewed your strength and because of that you ought to Bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me. Blesses his holy name. Thank you, God, for renewing my strength, my energy, my stamina. Number six is this. You should worship and praise God because he is full of righteousness and justice. It says in verse number six in Psalms 103, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Church, God is righteous and just. You see, I worship God because of his impeccable character. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't just worship God for what he does for me. I worship God for who he is. I worship God that he is righteous. I worship God because his character, he's just. I worship God that he never changes. He's always loving. He's always kind. He's always compassionate. Our God is a God of character. And I'm telling you, church, just sometimes I just bless God because I know who he is. When the world is acting crazy, I know my God has not changed. He's still compassionate. He's still kind. He's still loving. When people are acting cray cray I still know God had him when cray cray his character never changes he's the same yesterday today and forever he's righteous and he's just and I praise him because of who he is that's why that's why the psalmist says bless the Lord all my soul from head to toe because we're serving a God that's full of character number seven is this you should worship and praise God because he is gracious to you it says in verse number eight in Psalms 103 the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. And I worship God because of his grace. If you're new today at People's Church or maybe you're new to the faith or checking out the claims of Christ and not all familiar, that familiar with the Bible, let me give you the definition of grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. 
and we don't deserve forgiveness, but God gives it to us anyway. We don't deserve the Holy Spirit, but he gives it to us anyways. We don't deserve his blessings, but he gives them to us anyway. We don't deserve his favor, but he gives us favor anyways. We don't deserve his divine protection, but he protects us anyway. We don't deserve heaven, but we're going to get it anyways. It's the grace of God. He's amazing grace. I can't help it sometimes, church, just to praise God because of his grace and forgiving me what I do not deserve. Number eight is this. Number eight, let me give you an eighth reason we worship and praise God, and that is because he is merciful to you. I'm going to read this verse slow. I want this to sink in. Psalms 103 verse 10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Wow. I praise God because of his mercy. You see, the definition of mercy is not getting what we deserve. We deserve to be punished for all of our sins, but God. We deserve to spend eternity in hell, but God. We deserve pain, heartache, and agony 24 hours a day, but God. We felt God time and time and time and time again, and yet God remained faithful and full of mercy towards us. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 22 says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Oh, that's good all by itself, but that's not my point. It goes on to say, his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Uh, I wake up on Sunday this morning, his mercies were new. I'm going to wake up on Monday tomorrow and his mercies will be new. I'll wake up on Tuesday and his mercies will be new. I'm not going to get what I deserve because his mercies are new. I'll wake up on Wednesday and his mercies are new. I'll wake up on Thursday and his mercy. I'm not going to get what I deserve because his mercies are new. I wake up on Friday, I don't get what I deserve because his mercies are new. Every morning, great is your faithfulness and we worship God. Because of his mercy. Number nine, you should worship and praise God because he blesses your children and grandchildren. Psalm 103 verse 17 says, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. What a promise for our children's children. Here's what I want you to understand. Our relationship with God doesn't stop with us. But God promises if we fear him, if we obey him, if we live for him, he's going to bless our children's children. One of my greatest joys in life is to see my kids loving God. It's one of my greatest joys. I thank God that, hey, good, good grades and, hey, going to college and, but let me tell you what I really want. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul. With all, and when I see my kids loving God and worshiping God and, and praising God, oh, the joy that comes in my heart. I just worship God for God. Thank you that my kids love you. They love your house. They love here being here every Sunday. They love coming early to serve all day. They love coming on Wednesday nights and being here all day forever. Lord, I thank you that my kids love the Lord. And I 
realize today that some of your children aren't living for God. Hear your pastor today. You keep obeying God. You keep living for God. You keep praying and praying and praying. You keep believing and believing and believing. You keep worshiping God with your whole heart, and God will bring his promise to pass in your life. This is not the word of Herbert. This is the word of the Lord. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children. You keep worshiping God. Come on, somebody ought to praise God in advance. My baby's not serving God now, but they're going to serve God. God. They're going to live for God. My grandkids will live for God. God, I praise you on credit because you're, 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 you're good to deliver on what you said. You keep honoring God. Number 10 is this. You should worship and praise God because he is Lord of all. Psalms 103 verse 19 says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. I love this. And his kingdom rules over all. We worship God because he's God all by himself. And there is no one beside him. He's ruler over all. S.M. Lockridge said it best. He says the Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. No barrier can hinder him for pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's empirically powerful. He's impartially merciful. That's my king. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's the sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands alone in himself. He's august and he's unique. He's unparalleled loud. He's unprecedented. He's supreme. He's preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the supreme problem in higher criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of truth theology. He is the core and the necessity for spiritual religion. That's my king. He's the miracle of the age. He's the superlative of every good that you choose to call him. He's the only one able to supply all of our needs simultaneously. He's the one, only one qualified to be the all-sufficient Savior. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and he sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the leper. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. He beautifies the meek. That's my king. And is worthy of all of the praise. He is Lord of Lords. He is the lily of the valley. He is the bright and morning star. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is 
Lord of all. And I give God praise because he is the king of glory. Number 11, number 11. You should worship and praise God because he commands you to worship. Just in case somebody's sitting there today and you're going, well, those other 10 points didn't touch me. I still think I'm going to be stuck up with God. I'm still going to be sedity. I'm still going to let my pride hinder me from lifting my hands. But this last one says, he commands us to worship him. Psalm 103, verse 20. Praise the Lord, you angels. I command you, praise the Lord. You mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly host. You his servants who do his will. Verse 22. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my so we worship God because he's commanded us to worship him. We were created to worship, not a football team, not a sports car, not a celebrity, not a money, not a home, not a car. We worship God. Every day, every day, every morning you ought to wake up and, and just while you lay in the bed, when you open your eyes, you ought to just say, God, I worship you today. Lord, I bless the Lord all my soul, all that's within me, because you've been good to me, because you're gracious, because you're merciful, because of your character, because you blessed my children and my children's children, because you pulled me out of the pit. You rescued me because you're Lord, you're God all by yourself, and something on the inside of me blesses the Lord all my soul, all that is within me. Every Sunday when you come to church, well, I don't know if I'm going to worship this Sunday. Depends on if they sing my song. No. Well, if Pastor Shannon's not there, they got one of them other people leading worship. Every Sunday. This series is called Through It All. Because we got to have a church that knows how to worship God through it all. Sing country if you want. Sing gospel. Sing hip-hop. Sing rock, it don't matter. God, you're worthy of all the praise. And I come every Sunday, and I don't have to wait for the band. I don't have to wait for the singers. I bless the Lord because you're worthy of all the praise and all the glory. And I magnify you, and I lift up holy hands. I give you a sacrifice of praise. In the winter season of life, I will praise you. When things aren't going my way, I worship you through it all. Lord, when, the se- when it's, I find myself in the spring season, it hadn't all yet bloomed out. There's just some rain happening, but I'll praise you when it's raining, and I'll praise you in the summer when everything is green and everything is blooming in my life I'll give you the praise through it all and then in the fall season when things are starting to die again and the leaves are turning color and I don't understand what you're doing but through every season God I bless the Lord oh my so every Sunday I come with lifted hands every Sunday I come to church early ready to worship God because you're worthy of all the praise